I'm Victor Stuckey of Stuckey Farms in Plainview, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas sheep and goat researchers are busy with lots of projects. We'll check in with the director of the Texas A&M AgriLife San Angelo Research Center coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Crop insurance claims in the Texas High Plains look to be on the high side again this year. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Texas cropland and farm real estate continue to increase in average value. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the breakdown of the numbers on Texas Ag Today. In Central Texas, we finally saw a break in the weather pattern. This is Dr. Shane McClellan and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas is the number one sheep and goat producing state in the nation, so it only makes sense that we have an active sheep and goat research program. At the recent Texas Sheep and Goat Field Day at the Texas A&M AgriLife Research Center in San Angelo, I asked Center Director Reed Redden about the research programs underway at the station. Our Livestock Guardian Dog program is a big program. Predators is the number one issue for small ruminant folks, so we've got an outreach and extension program built around those to help address that. We have a a really active research program around genetic selection for parasite resistance. Parasites are an ever-growing problem and we just have harder and harder time managing those with stuff that we buy off the counter. So we have to improve the genetics of the animals to be able to uh, help us manage those. We're also looking into some of that carbon sequestration research. How do we maintain our rangelands? And starting to dabble in the solar fields, solar farms, and how we integrate agriculture within lands, you know, that are generally private lands that are going into solar farms and keeping some level of food and fiber being produced on them. And Redden says sheep and goat research there is growing as they're looking for two additional researchers to expand their programs. The Environmental Protection Agency has approved stronger standards for those who use restricted-use pesticides here in Texas. According to EPA, the state's current plans for RUP use have been revised to meet or exceed the safety requirements outlined in the 2017 Certificate of Pesticide Applicators Final Rule. 
A certificate is now required for aerial fumigation and predator control RUPs. Applicators must now be 18 to apply those RUPs. Those applying a restricted-use pesticide under the supervision of a certified applicator must now also receive training. And certificates for RUP use are now valid for a maximum of five years. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Farm Service Agency here in Texas is reminding drought-impacted producers they may be eligible for financial assistance through several programs, like the Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Fish Program, the Livestock Forage Disaster Program, the Emergency Conservation Program, and the Emergency Haying and Grazing on CRP Program. All of these programs can provide financial assistance to eligible producers for 2023 grazing losses due to a qualifying drought or fire and provide water for impacted livestock. Producers who are eligible for the much-needed disaster recovery assistance are encouraged to contact their local FSA office to schedule an appointment to apply. Crop insurance claims on the Texas High Plains are expected to be high again this year. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. There's no question that this season is turning out to be a disappointing one for many Texas High Plains farmers, but how might crop insurance claims compare to last year's massive totals? Crop insurance agent Rachel Myers says it's a bit early to tell. We're just really getting into the meat of harvest, and so I think there's not a real good place to you know, pinpoint whether 2023 is going to be better or worse than 22, but right now it's it's been pretty tough. You know, we started with such wonderful weather with lots of rain. We had a great start, and it's like I told some people the other day, I think we're going to see one of the poorest finishes of a crop year. Yes, as we've talked about in earlier reports, our heat in August and early September certainly took a toll on crop production expectations. Now, here's Meyer's advice to producers on filing claims. Number one, if producers are out there and they know they're going to have a claim on a crop and haven't reported it yet, go ahead and report that claim. That way there's a timely date tied to it. Um, You know, we never know this time of year if we're going to start getting into rain delays with harvest. And so just go ahead and report that notice of loss to your agents on that. The other thing that's so critical is for corn producers, if they insured their crop initially for grain and are going to chop it for silage, they definitely definitely need to have a claim open on that, whether it's just for APH purposes to capture the yield or if there could be a loss involved. Because once that's been chopped for silage, if a claim was not open, we as agents can't convert that production for claim purposes. You know, we can to capture their historical yield, but it's just really important that they communicate with their agents right now on where they're at with this crop. That's Rachel Myers with Myers Crop Insurance in Claude. We'll hear more from her in our next report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas crop and pasture land values continue to climb. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Texas rural land specialist with more. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's recent Land Values 2023 summary report shows continued increases across the board in agricultural real estate values, cropland values, and pastureland values for Texas and the United States. To comment more about this, we go to Tyler Jacobs with Hall & Hall. He is partner broker, and uh, uh, Tyler, certainly uh, these numbers uh, jump out at you. Uh, let's uh, first start with the average. we got to stress these are average numbers. For farm real estate value is the measurement uh, that includes the value of all land, that's crops and pastures, 
plus buildings on the farms. And in Texas, the average value is $2,900 per acre. That's up 9.4% from last year. That demonstrates two facts, Tom. One is that the inventory is still down. And secondly, that there's still plenty of demand from buyers and just a robust economy. This annual report provides many indicators that the overall health of the agricultural economy is strong. It's looking good and, and no, no doubt that there's, there's plenty of money moving around in rural real estate. Now, let's go to another category, the average value of Texas cropland, according to the 2023 uh, USDA report, is $2,590 per acre. That's 7% higher here in Texas. And so what does that tell you? Anecdotally, it tells me that that number is probably being affected, again, by a lot of cash on the market. And then some of those numbers are going to be skewed, assumedly, by some urban sprawl and some development. I will have more with Tyler Jacobs of Hall & Hall on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas has finally seen a break in the hot and dry weather pattern. Dr. Shane McClellan has an update from Waco. It finally rained in Central Texas. It's a good sign that favorable weather is in our future. Uh, looking at the long-range forecast, it's still predicted that we're going to have some more of these 100-plus degree temperature days. Not only slight rain chances, but it is not uncommon for us to receive rain in early September. With the start of dove hunting season and cotton harvest ongoing, the coffee shop talk is that it's probably going to rain. Uh, rainfall during the early part of the dove season normally makes the birds move, so people don't want that. And then on our cotton farmers, they really would like a dry window of time to get that crop out. So when you, you don't need it to rain for cotton harvest and for dove season, it probably rains, which is a good thing for those of us that are just needing some moisture. As I mentioned, cotton harvest is ongoing. Yields are much lower than what we would want, and that's not surprising with the lack of rainfall we received during the summer months. Many areas haven't had a rain since May 26. Those areas that have gone about 98 days without a measurable rainfall event. It did rain in McLennan County, and the northern parts of the Central Texas Blacklands received some moisture. Now, northern McLennan County received localized large amounts. It was scattered where it did rain, but those areas where it was raining, it was focused, kind of clouds built up and stayed there. Rained anywhere from an inch up to four inches. I received a whopping .09, almost a tenth of moisture at my house. If you were uh, south of Highway 84, you probably received about the same. Just not a lot of moisture. We do need consistent rainfall spread out over a large area for this current dry spill that we're in to be gone. Livestock pastures are, do offer some dry grass grazing. It's not a lot of green out there. A few livestock producers have started the process of supplemental feeding with hay. Hay fields have dried down and they just look dormant for most of us here in the Central Texas Blackland area. Hay prices remain strong. Some of them are even increasing and that is due to having a hay supply that it was basically made up of, of early season cutting this year that's lower in quality and a second cutting that is of good quality. Still some hay out in the country that can bought, uh, you just may have to pay a little bit more for it. A lot of our row crop farmers are rolling up hay stalks, corn shuck, and offering that for sale. When we are rolling corn stalks for hay in central Texas, that's a good sign that we need a rain. That's Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco. The fall turkey hunting season is just a few weeks away. I'm Jessica Domel, and we'll have your fall turkey forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today. And now is the time to be checking your farm ponds for blue-green algae. 
veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Now is the time to check your farm ponds for blue-green algae. Dr. Bob Judd says this can be very dangerous at this time of year. One of the most dangerous developments in farm ponds during the summer is blue-green algae blooms. Blue-green algae, or cyanobacteria, are photosynthetic bacteria that can outcompete beneficial green algae and dominate the algae in a pond. Not all blue-green algae are toxic, but some are capable of producing neuro and hepatic toxins that affect the nervous system and the liver. These toxins can cause sickness and death in livestock and other animals drinking the water and can be toxic to fish in the ponds. As the blue-green algae grows, it forms a scum on the surface of the water that is multicolor, including bright to deep green, blue, brown, red, or gray. To determine if your pond has blue-green algae, you can fill a quart jar with pond water and refrigerate it overnight. If the green material has settled to the bottom, likely the algae is non-toxic. However, if the green is congregated near the surface, blue-green algae is likely present. You can also place a stick in the water through the surface mat of the algae. If you remove the stick and stringy fragments are falling off, the water is likely okay. But if the stick looks like green paint is on the stick, the algae may be toxic. Signs of blue-green algae toxicosis include weakness, lethargy, staggering, difficulty breathing, bloody diarrhea, and sometimes death. Those animals that survive can develop weight loss and some can develop skin lesions related to liver damage and skin exposure to sunlight. Monitor your ponds and if you see possible blue-green algae growing, move your livestock to another area. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fall turkey season is just a few weeks away. Jessica Domel has the fall turkey forecast in today's wildlife report. The archery-only fall turkey hunting season opens later this month, and it looks like there will be quite a few young birds out there. Jason Harden, wild turkey program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says a dry spring in 2022 led to fewer hens trying to nest. He says that impacted our turkey population this year. Every day they spend on the nest, you know, the rate of mortality goes up because that's their most vulnerable period of their life. So not nesting in 22 resulted in not a lot of production and not a lot of young birds this past year, but it meant we had a lot of birds going into the nesting season this year. Harden says a wet and mild winter this year set the stage for hens to get in good physical condition, but then the drought and high temperatures set in. We started off the nest season really good, but then we hit June, and June just changed everything. We saw a lot of heat, a lot of days of the triple digits, in some cases 30 days straight, and that really shuts down the nesting effort. But fortunately, we had a lot of nesting going in. And we got a fair amount of production. We do a summer turkey survey each year, and we try to get an idea of hens and poults on the landscape and males as well, but really focused on production and recruitment. And we went from about 
half a poult last year per hen, which is dismal, to closer to 1.7, pushing 1.2 this year. It's almost three-plus fold increase in the number of poults we're seeing on the landscape. So there's going to be quite a few young birds out there. We still need another year to build up that population to get where we really want to be, to see numbers like we saw in 2016 and 17, but we're going in the right direction. The archery-only fall turkey hunting season opens September 30th. We'll have more on fall turkey hunting on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded higher on Thursday on strong beef demand and fundamental support. October live cattle up $2.32 to $185.47. December live cattle up $2.50 to $190.35. February live cattle up $2.60 to $194.97. September feeder cattle up a dollar sixty-seven to two fifty-five seventeen. October feeder cattle up two eighty-two to two sixty-one eighty-seven. November feeder cattle up three twenty-seven to two sixty-four eighty-five. Boxed beef was mixed. Choice down a dollar twenty-seven to three hundred and six dollars and twenty-eight cents. Select rose ninety-one cents to two hundred and eighty-eight dollars and ten cents. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. That fella right there in the cattle pen is Gary Butler, Nixon Livestock. Gary, how'd your Monday sale go? Had another good sale, Larry. Uh, wind up with sixteen ninety-eight, two hundred fifty-eight cows and thirty bulls. Looks like calf market still continues to be steady, especially on on the quality calves. Looks like the uh, less quality calves are taking a little bit bit of beating there. But uh, if they have some good quality, they they sure sure selling. Good. Good, Larry. Two and three weight steers, two thirty nine to three thirty. Heifers, dollar ninety four to two sixty five. Three and four weight steers, two fifteen to three thirty five. Heifers, two oh nine to two ninety five. Four and five weight steers, two seventeen to three twenty. Heifers, two oh four to three dollars. Five and six weight steers, two fifteen to two seventy five. Heifers, two oh three to two seventy five. Five and six weight steers, two oh nine to two fifty five. Heifers, a dollar ninety four to two thirty seven. Seven eight weight steers and bull yearlings, a dollar ninety seven to two twenty seven. And the heifers, a dollar eighty five to two oh seven. Slaughter cows, the best slaughter cow, bring a dollar six. 
Slaughter bulls, 89 to 229. Stocker cows, 800 to 1200. And the pears has 645 to 1575, Larry. Do you know of anything for this next week? <laughs> well, I do know there's about 30 black, black ball faced steers and heifers mix coming uh, that I know of. Uh, other than that, you know, I don't know, but it, if we don't get any rain pretty soon, they're, they're just going to keep coming, Larry. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Gary Butler. You can get us here at Cell Barn, 830 582 Catch me on my mobile, 830-857-4330. Gary, thank you, and neighbor, thank you, too, for being a part of Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're listening to me, Larry Marble, right this second on Texas Ag Today. After trading higher earlier in the week, lean hogs closed lower on Thursday. Analysts say that could be due to lower pork sales. Pork sales were reportedly down 12% over the previous week and 26% below the four-week average. October lean hogs down 62 cents to 83.35. December lean hogs down $1.25 to 75.10. Block cheese rose a penny Thursday to $1.92. Barrel cheese was unchanged at $1.82. September class 3 milk was up 4 cents to $18.39 a hundredweight. October class 3 milk up 2 cents to $18.23 a hundredweight. There was a slight recovery in the cotton market on Thursday thanks to an increase in the producer price index and an increase in retail sales. October cotton up 80 points to 86.47. December cotton up 91 points to 87.80. March cotton up 86 points to 88.23. December corn down one and three quarters to 480 and a half. March 2024 corn down one and three quarters to 494 and a half. September hard red wheat fell 26 and a quarter Thursday to 7.11 even. December hard red wheat down 8 and a quarter to 7.36 and a half. March 2024 hard red wheat down 6 and three quarters to 7.41 and a quarter. September soybeans rose 7 and three quarters Thursday to 13.43 and three quarters. November soybeans up 10 and three quarters to 13.60 and a half. October natural gas rose two cents Thursday to 270. November natural gas was even at 298. Crude oil traded higher on Thursday on expectations of tight supplies. October crude oil up $1.72 to 90.24 a barrel. November crude oil up $1.80 to 89.68 a barrel. The Dow rose 373 points Thursday to 34,948. The S&P 500 up 39 points to 4,506. And the NASDAQ up 119 points to 13,933. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.